Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. We are back for another episode, and I'm still recovering right now for the simple fact that we just had an amazing Super Bowl. Now, I say this excited and happy and like, oh man, I got to watch a great game, but I had to watch it as a Giants fan with two teams that we completely just despise. Let's really call it what it is. The uh, New England Patriots, Philadelphia Eagles, great Super Bowl matchup. Uh, Obviously, the Eagles were underdogs again. Patriots, once again, the favorites. You're talking about the um, the contrast and and what both teams were seeking. I mean, the Patriots were seeking that that all important sixth title to really put them over. Um, you know, most teams that you talk about, like greatest teams of all time. Belichick's trying to get number six as a head coach. Uh, you also got you know Brady getting his six also, so he can be officially the greatest quarterback of all time. Even though it's it's quite debatable, I still think he is the the uh, quintessential quarterback. And what he's become over his career has just been amazing. 40 years old. The guy's the MVP. You know, he just, he basically is the position, you know, whether the balls are deflated or not. But I just got to put that out there. I got to give the guys respect. Uh, then you have on the other end, you're not facing the number one quarterback for Philadelphia. You're facing, you're facing uh, Nick Foles. Now, Foles was a starter back in the day for the Eagles. And there was some things with Chip Kelly. Didn't work out. Then he went to uh, Kansas City. Then he, he just he bounced around a little bit. But he's the backup. Um, after Carson Wentz got injured uh, late in the season, Carson Wentz was on his way to MVP season if he didn't get hurt. So it, it's very interesting dynamics between both teams. Doug Peterson just took the job not too long ago. I believe this is only his second year. And he already has the team in the Super Bowl. Now, fast forward all of that. We had the Super Bowl week. And... You can only, you know, really the only questions that I heard when it came down to to media availability and and what people really wanted to know, they were kind of just crowning the Patriots already. They were basically saying, OK, Brady's the greatest of all time. Belichick's the greatest of all time. They're going to wear white in the Super Bowl because of the superstition that wearing white, they've never lost. They lost it. You know, my, my New York Giants, mind you, twice wearing the uh, dark color blue jerseys. So. They figured, okay, we've won every time we wore white. Let's wear white. That's their that was their plan. They want to go with that. Uh, the Patriots also going into this game had two coordinators that would be leaving right after the season. They've accepted head coaching jobs uh, elsewhere. Uh, and Patricia, he's the uh, defensive coordinator. He accepted a job with the Detroit Lions, so he's going to be the new Lions head coach. And uh, you also have the uh, situation. I don't know why I'm forgetting his name. But um, their offensive coordinator, which the name is still, you know, it's going to it's going to drive me nuts. He was the head coach for the uh, Broncos back in the day, and um, he'll now be the head coach for the Colts. So it's an interesting uh, situation going when you talk about the uh, Patriots and losing their coordinators going to yet another Super Bowl. So you've got to think Belichick's already planning ahead. Who's he going to use? Who's he not going to use? All that great stuff. All those things in the air. But you know what? We got a football game to play here. Biggest game of the year. All these different stories. And, oh, actually, one more story that really took over the headline, especially on Twitter for the the days leading up to it. And that was the halftime show. Now, for those who were living under a rock, the halftime show was announced 
months in advance that it was going to be Justin Timberlake returning back to the stage. A lot of people haven't forgotten that last time Justin Timberlake was on a Super Bowl stage, him and Jan Jackson had one of the more infamous moments, the infamous wardrobe malfunction. That took place when the Patriots were playing the Panthers. And there was never a closure, in my opinion, to that situation. There was never a time when you heard like, oh, um, Justin say, yeah, you know what? That was messed up. It happened, even though it was a planned situation by both parties. So I'm not going to say that it was just, oh, he just did that just to do it. It's one of those situations where it's kind of like Jan Jackson was forever going to be known afterwards for that, that incident. Now, I'm not saying Jan Jackson should have had the red carpet rolled out and they should have made amends on the uh, Super Bowl stage. But it would have been nice to hear like there was something put out there like, you know, Justin say, hey, let's let's figure this out. Let's let make it be a surprise or whatever. None of that really happened. So there was a bit of a, you know, outrage on Twitter for for days leading up to it that Jan Jackson was not going to be involved. She even announced it herself. There was actually a hashtag called uh, Janet Jackson Appreciation Day on the day of the Super Bowl because there were people very, you know, upset about Justin Timberlake and the way he kind of just just kind of, you know, moseyed around the situation because that was the elephant in the room when he was announced as a performer. The new elephant that seemed to pop up in the room was the fact that it was the Super Bowl in Minnesota, beautiful, you know, beautiful stadium. Minnesota's going to hold the Super Bowl, right? Obviously, the most famous Minnesota musician of all time is Prince. So the belief, and this was the rumor that was going around, is that Justin Timberlake wanted to have a hologram to perform, you know, with him on on stage. And that was going to be a big thing. That got destroyed quickly on Twitter, as a lot of people believe that, you know, Prince, and we've seen Prince when people try to do tributes to him in the past, and he'll be sitting there and he'll just say, well, this isn't good. I don't like this. You know, he's he's that type of, he's an artist. The guy was at one point known as the artist formerly known as Prince just because he didn't want people touching his uh his work. And he didn't want a label to own him. So, you know, things like that, you got to be touchy with. But fast forward, we have the show. And, you know, Justin threw out a couple of his hits. There's a couple of stuff from his um his current album, which I'm not really the biggest fan of, but somebody's got to like it, right? He does do a, a, a he pays homage to um to Prince by having like a, a picture of him in the background as he's playing the piano, so people can see it. They can see Prince's image. It was very funny on social media, especially Twitter. People were doing edits uh, edits of that photo that was or like the different images of Prince. People were actually using images of like Future, uh, the uh, Dave Chappelle version of Prince. So. That's just Twitter. That's what's going to happen. But what surprised me was that the performance wasn't what I expected. I expected just a full out, you know, just, I don't know. Maybe it's me. I don't know. It could be me. And I'm going to play the performance, you know, after after this. And maybe you guys can give me your, your breakdown on it. Because I wasn't really impressed by Justin Timberlake. And, and I'm a fan of his. I, I thought that whenever he does put on a performance, he gives you a hell of a show. I expected more. I expected more surprises. I expected something, you know, something grander because it is the Super Bowl. This is when you want the, you know, every trick in the book. I mean, even Beyonce brought out Destiny's Child for a cup of coffee. There was no sync. There was none of that. He had a couple of people from his, you know, his uh, current album. And he gave you a couple of classic hits. 
But it to me, it just seemed like a very tame show. I don't know if it was last minute changes in because of this, because of the controversy surrounding it. But it was something that I just didn't quite. I I just didn't quite understand why there wasn't more. You know, especially with everyone watching. Um, I don't know if the hologram rumor was real. He was, you know, they're never going to reveal that. But um, it was a average performance. It, it was not. The bar is so much high, I feel like, for a guy like Justin Timberlake, where he has the friends that you can call and be like, yo, jump on, do this, let's do collaboration, heck, let's get Jay up here, you know? I just felt like things like that could have happened, but I'm not a music critic, I'm, at least not anymore. I'm just going to give you my thoughts on that. But anyway, we got this game. Eagles jump out early on the Patriots. I'm talking about they're controlling the, the, the line of scrimmage, they're controlling the ball, you know, everything. Um, the defense is getting at it. The uh, a couple of plays that were run by the uh, Patriots just looked a little uneasy. I mean, there was a, a trick play which I didn't expect them to do, and I know the Eagles didn't expect. And it probably would have scored a touchdown if Brady would have caught the ball. There was a nice little like switch over where Brady had to run over and beat a wide receiver. He didn't catch the ball, didn't make the play. Obviously, that was a missed situation there. Um, Brady, other than that, was brilliant. The guy threw for over 500 yards. 500 yards. In a loss, mind you. They lost this game, but he threw over 500 yards. And this is all without Brandon Cooks, who got cracked pretty bad. I mean, the guy caught the pass. This wasn't one of those illegal hits. He just was making quick little turns and zigzagging, and he didn't look before he zagged, and he got tagged, basically. That's just what happened to him. So uh, he got knocked out with a concussion. This is happening in the second quarter. And that kind of changed a little bit of the dynamic, but Brady still found guys. He found Gronk the entire second half. Uh, Gronk was a beast as usual. And at one point, the Patriots took the lead. But Nick Foles, consistent. And remember how I just said that play where they had Brady roll out and beat a wide receiver? The Eagles did the same thing on fourth and goal at the one-yard line to end the first half. That had to be the most gutsy call by Doug Peterson in a Super Bowl. I haven't. I think I haven't seen a gutsier call since Sean Payton went for the onside kick to uh, just get the ball back. It wasn't like they needed to do an onside kick. That to me, that's what you need to do. You're trying to beat a team like the Patriots. You're trying to beat a team that is so big on precision and not making mistakes. You got to be aggressive, and they were very aggressive. I loved every bit of it. It was. It was amazing coaching. Nick Foles ran it to perfection. He scored a touchdown off of that. He threw three more touchdowns. Um, the running game was going well. He just had different different things going on there. That defense started to pick it up. They put up 41 points on the defending, on the defending champions. They, that's basically who they beat. They beat the defending champion Patriots. Everyone thought the Patriots were going to have you know, mount this amazing comeback. And they almost did, down eight points with the ball in Tom Brady's hands with two minutes to go. A lot of people felt like they're going to drive down the field, tie this thing up, and we'll be, you know, playing some more football here. Not so fast. Brandon Graham, linebacker for the Eagles, been a monster all year, finds a way to get the strip sack, fumble. A fumble from Tom Brady? A lost fumble to lose the game? No one would have expected that. Now, granted, the the um, the Patriots got a chance to get the ball back, but it was a Hail Mary heave, which almost got caught by Gronk if he probably jumped 
a little later, in my opinion. It fell to the ground, similar to how the Giants won. And just like that, the Philadelphia Eagles win their first championship in franchise history. It, it's, it burns me as a Giants fan to say that, but it's reality. They, they played very well. It was, it was a well-coached team. Even Belichick said it after the game. Uh, Tom Brady actually was quoted saying that there were some plays out there that was there that he just did not make. And, you know, just like that, the team is, uh, it's, it's, it's just funny to me because you can never automatically just count or, you know, write a team off. The Eagles were underdogs throughout the entire playoffs, even though they were the number one seed in the NFC, had a great season. It was because they didn't have their starting quarterback, because there were questions about their running game at times. People had their doubts. They silenced everybody in the Super Bowl, the biggest stage, and they beat the the best team, arguably one of the best teams of all time. Now, it's not going to be anywhere near as uh, impressive as the Giants being the undefeated Patriots, but let's be honest, it was a great job. Uh, so shout out to Doug Peterson and his boys. Uh, great job by Philadelphia. They come out on top. Now, when it comes to Philadelphia, they obviously you know have a reputation for being a tough city. Right after the win, this is the first win in franchise history, the town of Philadelphia erupted, erupted with happiness, and which kind of turned into destruction. They were tearing up hotels, tearing up parts of Philadelphia, tipping over cars, tipping over lampposts. I mean, it was chaos, and this is all from a win. Think about if they would have lost, how crazy it would have been in Philadelphia. Now, switching gears really quickly to the uh, Patriots, uh, Malcolm Butler, the Super Bowl hero from about three years ago against the Seahawks. He caught that infamous, that infamous pass in the end zone to uh, seal the game for the Patriots. He was benched the entire game. This is a guy who played 98% of the uh, snaps throughout the season. Starting cornerback was benched for the Super Bowl. Now, he was talking about it. He was saying how he was very disappointed. He doesn't understand why he was benched. This obviously had to be a personal thing between him and Belichick because the guy can't play 98% of your snaps throughout the entire season, including playoffs. But then he's he's a, a healthy scratch. I just thought it was amazing how that could happen. But this is uh, it's the Patriots' way. That's what they always like to say. I'm really going to see what's going to happen moving forward. He's a free agent. Obviously, I don't think he come back. He comes back, even though he said a lot of nice things about the organization. He said he could have made a difference in that game. He could have been matched up with Alshon Jeffrey. He could have been matched up with everybody. I don't know if that's true, but I do find it to be very odd that a guy like that, Super Bowl hero, was just benched on the Super Bowl. It just, it's a shock to me. So we're going to hear more about that as time goes on. Um, quick note about Belichick. I saw the recent 30 for 30 with him and Bill Parcells, the two Bills. Fantastic job. If anybody has a chance to watch it, it is definitely worth watching. It just breaks down why Belichick is Belichick and how much influence Bill Parcells has on him to this day. It's amazing. So if you ever have a chance to check it out, it's worth it. Um, also, like I said, this is a full Super Bowl wrap-up NFL show today. Uh, I'm going to play some of the highlights, the great audio from the game, um, you're going to hear like stuff like from when Al Michaels, Chris Collins, Ruff Cole in the game. They, they did a great job. I really enjoyed it. We had some some random moments where you didn't know if something was a catch. And it goes back to the NFL's problem with not knowing what a catch is. So I'm going to play a little bit of the ending of the game. 
uh, and just like some of the, the, the great moments. Also, the Pro Football Hall of Fame announced this class for 2018. You got guys, you got Terrell Owens finally made it. Definitely made it off the numbers. Numbers don't lie. Uh, you got Randy Moss, first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. I mean, there's no, there's definitely no denying that. Brian Erlacher, the monster of the midway himself, Mr. Chicago Bears, he's in there. Uh, it's just a great class. Like you talk about some of the players that are in there and and just how the, how well they know Ray Lewis. How could I forget Ray Lewis? Probably one of the greatest linebackers of all time. It should be fun, and I'm really surprised the NFL always finds a way to get all these guys in. You know, unlike most other sports, but. Um, it was uh, interesting. So I got a little audio from that. That was announced at the NFL Honors um, from that weekend. Uh, also, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart had a little run-in with security. He couldn't get in. He tried to get into the podium and, uh, you know, celebrate the win with the with the Eagles. He's a huge Philadelphia guy. Uh, he kind of got turned away. I'm going to play a little bit of his uh, post-game interview when he was talking with, uh, I, I believe it was um, Fletcher Cox of the uh, Eagles. He was having a, an interview, and Kevin Hart decided that he wanted to crash it on the NFL Network. So it's definitely some great stuff from there. And um, like I said, it's just a full Super Bowl recap. It was a uh, a great game. Looking forward to uh, the next season already. But before I go to break, I have to give the biggest shout-out to the best commercial of the Super Bowl and that goes to the New York Giants, Eli Manning, Odell Beckham. Eli was teasing. They kept showing like different clips of Eli during commercial breaks, teasing something. And him and Beckham worked on probably the greatest touchdown celebration. They pulled off Dirty Dancing as the commercial, and it was hilarious. Everyone that's watched it, that's talked to me about it, has enjoyed it. It's amazing. I wish I could, you know, obviously it's radio. I can't really express it better than that but you could check it out on, on my website keep it a real sports.com in the sports social section i'm going to have it up there so one of the more classic moments of the night and in my opinion the giants won the super bowl still so that's just me being me on that situation but uh, i'm going to go to break and i'm going to leave you with the entire performance of the uh, super bowl the super bowl halftime show with justin timberlake let me know what you think. You're going to hear him singing. Obviously, you're not going to be able to see it, but uh, it was an interesting, interesting performance, okay? You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. And this is the Pepsi that brings you the Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show. Go get him, Justin! The National Football League welcomes you to the Pepsi Super Bowl 52 halftime show. Don't question me, I don't care, 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 I don't care
be saying something about disaster in the world and made me wonder where I'm going. So much darkness in the world. I see beauty left in you, girl.
Super Bowl selfies. The National Football League thanks you for watching the Pepsi Super Bowl 52 halftime show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to reveal the newest members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. First, I'm pleased to announce that Bobby Bethard and Terrell Owens will be enshrined in Canton. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, they could not be with us tonight. Long overdue, T.O. The numbers don't lie. Now let's meet the rest of this dynamic class of 2018. This dominant wide receiver owned the end zone, hauling in the second most receiving touchdowns of all time, and the most in a single season, going by the singular name of Athleticism brought new potential to his position and new problems to his opposition. The quintessential Chicago linebacker, Brian Erlacher. He was Bart Starr's trusted protector an all-time pro guard who helped power the Packers to three NFL championships and two Super Bowl titles, my man, Jerry Kramer. For a decade, he anchored the Houston Oilers defense, a seven-time pro bowler, the Dr. Doom. Robert Brazil. The lockdown leader of the Philadelphia defense, a nine-time Pro Bowl safety who inspired as much respect as he did fear, Brian Dawkins. A singular force at middle linebacker. This Ravens icon earned seven All-Pro honors, two Defensive Player of the Year awards, and a Super Bowl MVP. Please welcome Pro Football Hall of Famer Ray Lewis. Once again, put your hands together for your Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2018. Play fake on first down to the end zone. Caught. Touchdown, Hogan. 
Hogan is going to work to the outside and then back in. What a patient route this is. This is a veteran player understanding he has time. He understands that Tom Brady is going to sit there, look off the free safety, get him back in the middle of the field. As the running back. Foles puts it in his stomach, then throws to the sideline, pulled in along the sideline by Aguilar. They made the move and put Stephon Gilmore on him. He caught three early on. Foles fires, caught over the middle. Torrey Smith gets free down the seam and takes the ball to the 33-yard line, tackled there by Devin McCourty, first down. End around. Aguilar. Tries to get the first down. It's very close. They'll give it to him at the 23-yard line. He's tackled there by Eric Rowe. Second and ten. To Smith on the outside. And a stiff arm there. Gets taken down by McCourty. Fifteen minutes of regulation left. It's third down and three. And Foles will swing it out and getting blasted right now. Marquise Flowers hits Nelson Aguilar. In the Super Bowl, he would break that here, and he does. Inside the right upright. 43% of these passes now in the first three quarters off play action. Burkhead again, up to the 40-yard line. Brady from the 39. Burkhead again, swings to the outside, his third run in a row. Good one here, picks up five, tackle here by Jalen Mills. The backfield, that's Amendola. Moving. And Amendola backhands it for a first down, run out by Jalen Mills, converting. He's barely been touched tonight. Swings it out here. Amendola again, and that's going to set up the first down and goal in the game. Second down and one. Picking up the first down, taking it to the three, goes James White. And Brady lost one for Gronkowski, reaching for it, touchdown. They look unstoppable right now. Mation. And what does that do? That signals man coverage, and you know you have Gronkowski with a tight split, being able to go to the fade route in the corner of the end zone against a much smaller cornerback and Ronald Darby. It's a chess game. And they will have their first lead. They empty the backfield to go four by one. Foles fires over the middle, and that is caught. Big first down. They all become big right now. Zach Ertz makes the catch. First down against Matt Ryan in last year's Super Bowl. Clement is the running back. Play fake. Foles drops it off underneath to him. And Clement tries to charge his way to a first down. He's going to be stopped a little short. Smith in motion. Pass caught on the outside by Smith, but he cannot get to the line to gain. McCourty with the tackle, and it's fourth down. And they go for it. And Foles under pressure throws caught just enough for the first down. Zach Ertz, forward progress, nets him the first. Second down and nine. 
Foles flushed out, throws, and that is caught. And staying in bounds is Aguilar, and that will move the chains. Four-man rush. Foles fires, caught over the middle. To the 22 goes Nelson Aguilar. Another first down. Down in seven from the 12. Zacherts out wide, one-on-one. Clement flares out to the right, caught over the middle, and into the end zone. Zach Ertz for the touchdown. And again, all you can think back to now is the Jesse James play with Pittsburgh. Does he complete the process? I don't know. As a touchdown, the whole thing is, is do you rule him a runner at this point? Move and I but they call him a runner. He breaks the plane as a runner. If if that if it stays, that's going to be the reason. I think he was running and diving for the end zone. But what constitutes going to the ground? It's always close. It's, it's subjective. But it's always if you're a runner, it's one thing. If you receive it, it's another thing. The review. The receiver possesses the football, becomes a runner, breaks the plane of the goal line. The ruling is confirmed. It is a touchdown. Burton comes in motion to the inside. Foles rolling, throwing, and it's incomplete. Tender for Clement. He was covered there by Van Noy. Starts with a pass to the outside. Gronkowski, and he will step out of bounds. Bradham stops the clock. Second and two. Hit the ball is out, and Philadelphia has it. Derek Barnett comes away with it. Brandon Graham was one of the guys who got in there. Just like the New York Giants back in the day, taking an outside pass rusher in Brandon Graham and putting him inside against the guard Shaq Mason pays huge dividends with the first sack fumble of the game. No question, that ball is out. That stands absolutely no question. Third down and five. See what Peterson calls here. Keep it on the ground, give it to Blunt, and stuff him at the 28-yard line. So that's Butler. Now they can take the clock all the way down to a little over a minute. Lovato to snap it. Donnie Jones to hold it. It is good, big time. Saw him on a Sunday night in Denver. Run one back for a touchdown, and this is returnable from the six-yard line. Whoa. And he's going to flip it back to Burkhead, but he's going to get wrapped up and knocked down back at the seven-yard line. Fine, he's got to go 91 yards and convert a two-pointer. And Brady begins by slinging one to an open receiver, and that's Hogan, but he can't make the catch. That, that was the first game against the Giants. Brady now, under pressure, almost gets sacked, incomplete. Fourth and ten from the nine. Brady fires, and that'll keep it going. Amendola up at the 20-yard line. Brady, short pass. Gronk was just trying to get out of bounds, and he does. Now you got 20 seconds. Brady, 
Now he's going to throw short. Gronkowski needs to get out of bounds and does. There he is. Boy, oh boy. Almost pulled a little Stefan Diggs routine there. He got the jump ball, but nobody in. Now they got three DBs back at the 20. Brady fires, and it's almost picked off. That took four seconds. That's Darby intended for Philip Dorsett. Jam him with the line of scrimmage. I would not let him run freely off this ball. Brady under pressure. Escapes the sack. Launching one for the end zone. It's a jump ball and it's incomplete. And Gronk was there. And time runs out. This is the end of the game. And for the Philadelphia Eagles, the long drought is over. Finally. They do not jam Gronkowski off the ball, and he is going to get a shot. This is similar to what happened in the Giants-Patriots' second Super Bowl. When Gronkowski was in the end zone, the ball is up for grabs. It was that last bounce of the ball. One of the Eagles deflected it back up into the air, and it looked like the Patriots had a shot, but they just couldn't get anybody to the ball. Another game, another Super Bowl game that ends on the last play. What a football game. Jeffrey, congratulations on your first world championship and bringing home the Vince Lombardi trophy to the city of Philadelphia. That sounds good, doesn't it? What an amazing turnaround for your organization and your fans. Congratulations and enjoy your first Lombardi Trophy in Philadelphia. Jeff, what's this moment mean for the city of Philadelphia? Uh, if there's a word called everything, <laughs> that's what it means to, to Eagles fans everywhere. Everywhere. And, uh, you know, for Eagles fans everywhere, this is for them. This is for them. How would you describe the character of this football team? It's the most unique together group of men, I told them. I've never seen an incredible group of men in all my years of life that come together with all the adversity and injuries and losing our franchise quarterback and your world champs. Incredible group of men. The coaches, beyond great. Doug, unbelievable job, and his entire staff, Howie. And if I could, I'd like to dedicate this. Congratulations, Jeffrey. Okay. Let's bring in Coach Peterson. I dedicate this. I'd, li I'd like to dedicate this to all the Eagles fans around the world, and also for this one especially, for my mom and my dad, who, meant the, who mean the world to me. Thank you. Thank you, Jeffrey. Congratulations. Coach, come on in. What was going through your mind that last pass by Brady? I was hoping it was incomplete. I just wanted it to be on the ground, and I wanted to see that clock go double zero. How do you explain this, that nine years ago you're coaching in high school, and here you are with this trophy? I can only give uh, the praise to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for giving me this opportunity. And I'm going to tell you something. I got the best players in the world, and uh, it's a resilient group. I love this coaching staff. 
Mr. Lurie, the owner. And not only do we have the best fans in the world, we now have the best team in the world. Thank you, guys. Describe your play calling with Nick Foles. Well, you know, we just we just wanted to stay aggressive. You know, we mixed in some of the RPOs. Uh, the Patriots did a great job of kind of kind of nullifying some of that. But listen, my mentality coming into the game was I'm going to stay aggressive with Nick and, and let him use his playmakers to make plays. Coach, congratulations. Let's bring in uh, Zach Ertz. Caught the game-winning touchdown. What was that feeling like? You're in the huddle and you know that play is being called. What are you thinking? Uh, I better score. I mean, glory to God, first and foremost. We wouldn't be here without him. This team is amazing. I mean, each and every day we go out there, we love to practice. And I think that's the foundation of this team. And wow, what a run it's been. When they were replaying that touchdown, any doubt in your mind? No, not at all. I mean, if they would have overturned that, I don't know what would have happened to the city of Philadelphia. <laughs> But I'm so glad they didn't overturn it. And wow, we're world champions! Zach, congratulations. Let's bring in your MVP, Nick Foles. Just another game, right, Nick? Yeah, just another game. <laughs> Unbelievable. All glory to God. Obviously, Lily really likes this mic. She, she has no idea. You didn't, it didn't seem like the game, the nerves, the pressure matched up against Brady bothered you. What was going on inside you? I, I felt calm. I mean, we have such a great group of guys, such a great coaching staff. We felt confident coming in and, you know, we just went out there and played football. You know, we played this game since we were a little kid. We've dreamed about this moment. There's plenty of kids watching this game right now dreaming about this moment. Someday we'll be here. And to be here with my daughter, my wife, my family, my teammates, this city, we're very blessed. Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles. Underdogs no more. The Philadelphia Eagles are the Super Bowl champions. Congratulations. Celebration continues. We're able to bounce back. The Patriots took the lead late in the game. You guys didn't flinch. Miss Foles didn't flinch. Sorry to interrupt, but I got a special oh, fan for you. Oh, How's Kevin Hart for you? Oh, he need, he need a ladder. Here we go. Fly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Fly Eagles fly. That's right, baby. Not quite 83 to 6, but they got it done, right? We got it done. It doesn't matter. We got it done. We're we got champs. it done. We're champs. I will get done by ourselves. Uh, uh, I'm going to. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Kevin. Fly is a fly. Yes, thank, thank you. As we're live here on uh, Game Day Prime on NFL Network. So, be honest. You can tell Fletcher Cox, one of the best defensive players ever. Were you a the little, best. Were you a little the nervous best. when Brady had the ball? The best. Tell him. Tell him. The best. Tell him again. Not one of the best. Oh, I like it. How'd you feel when Brady had that ball and got sacked? Lost the ball. I'll say this. We're very lucky to have this guy a part of this team. I've been drinking. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm on cloud nine. Celebration early. No, I'm, I started the celebration early, but 
It was supposed to happen. It happened. You called it. It was supposed to happen. You called it. He did call it. This was supposed to happen. Like, we got a great unit. We got a great team. We got a great defensive line. I'm standing behind you. I don't want you to fall off the stage. Wait, get off me. Wait, I'm not not drunk. Get off of me. I'm having a good time. Get off of me. How do you celebrate this win tonight? What do you do from here? You know what? Philadelphia is a great city. I thought. I hope this is an example of what we can do. We gave. Oh, uh, yeah, hey, Lee. Kevin, I, love, I love you. All right, he got to go. He got, he got to go. Listen, that's what it might be like in Philadelphia for about I don't know six or seven months, Fletcher. Oh, be like that crazy, yeah. Philly will be crazy for the next until training camp start. Yeah. I gotta tell you. I tried to say. Yeah. I want to thank everybody as always for tuning in and supporting the show uh like i said i'm just it was a great super bowl as you heard from the different clips you heard from the pro football hall of fame that new members you know to's finally in there how about it right thank you for tuning in to just a special recap of the super bowl super bowl 52 hopefully next time we do this it'll be super bowl 53 and we're talking about a new york giants win you know still holding out hope holding out the most hope that you can actually hold out, all right? I just gotta put that out there, I'm sorry. Uh, once again, if you wanna reach me, hit me up on Twitter or Instagram, that's at Ed Easton Jr. Once again, at Ed Easton Jr. on either one. Uh, SportsSocialPod.com for more information on the show, as well as KeepBurrowSports.com and uh, Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. As always, check it out. I got plenty more stuff coming, coming along. Today was more of a clip show, but uh, next week we definitely have a full show new interviews, new guests. So please check it out. And thank you again, as always. You've been listening to Sports Social with Eddie Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio.